0: Life Audio.
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations.
2: We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home.
1: Hosted by founder and CEO of SPED Homeschool, Peggy Ployer.
2: Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student.
1: For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home-educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit SpedHomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer.
2: We are going to talk about creating successful student transitions using gap years with my special guest, Alana Kiltmeyer. I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Kiltmartin. Thanks for joining us, Alana. I'm super excited to have you here and for you to share about gap years. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So as we're getting started, I always have my guests share a little bit about themselves and their background. And I would love for you to share just a little bit about yourself and why you are so passionate about gap years.
0: Oh, it's such a long story. I guess it's a bit of a love affair in its own way with gap years. (laughs) Um, But it really started, I guess, when I took my first gap year. So when I was 18. I finished high school. Um, the first gap year came about because a boy broke up with me when I was 17 years old, which seems kind of silly, but it was kind of how it really you went down. <laughs> Hey, sometimes it's the craziest things and I think right. it really started me questioning the idea of what else is out there like what else could be possible for me in my career I just thought I'd go down a more traditional career path but really it was that first gap year where uh, it just kind of reframed my entire career I think and everything really changed from there and I spent it overseas so I went for I did traveling for three months in the US yeah. and in Europe and then lived in Italy for nine months as an au pair and wow. it really kind of took all of those ideas I had about careers and went, cool, what ones do we actually want to follow? What do I want to believe in? And yeah, it really did change the entire direction of my career.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about careers and I think, you know, a lot of times like students, like you said, in your turn 17, we have this kind of idea of a career, but we really don't know. And um, your website and and you have a new book out and a podcast talk about unserious careers. So so how how essential do you see the this gap year experience in in informing those experiences, that training that can really be helpful for careers and paths post high school.
0: Yeah. So the book I wrote, so as as you said, it's unserious careers. And what I've got in there is uh, 11 actions that you can take for a less serious, more adventurous start to your career. So the book focuses on only the first five years of a person's career, pretty much once they finish either their traditional schooling or whether it be homeschooling um, and they've kind of finished that say curriculum and then they're going into that next phase of their life. And, what I've really found from my own experiences and then through research with other people in their careers was that you don't know what you don't know. And you have to kind of get out there and try careers, try different things to know if it's for you or not. And most of the time that looks like going down a prescribed career path, be that based on your like potential or it could be based on Mm -hmm. the area you live in, the access that you have to say further education. There's so many different things that go go into that and I think – what I'm very, very passionate about is how can you go out and experiment with the world? How can you go out and actually try things rather than feeling like you need to make a decision for your career in 10, 15 years right when you're 17 or 18 years old and right. still only know a small percentage of what happens in the world? So yeah. one of those actions that I talk about is take a gap year because I think what's so brilliant about a gap year, especially one when you're, you know, 18, is that, You are very intertwined with your parents, the environment you grew up in, the community, your schooling experience. And a gap year is this brilliant way, depending on what you do, to kind of create a bit of separation so that you as a young person can work out what's my idea and what's someone else's idea that Mm. I've just had kind of, I guess, impressed upon me because of where I grew up. and. Yeah, I think it's arguably probably the most important action that I include in the book because it just the, the potential is unlimited with what you can do with one and I don't think there is an incorrect way to take a gap year. The main yeah. thing is that you just you take one.
2: Yeah, well, it really does flesh out what what is truly yours, um, like you mm-hmm. said, and and it it kind of gets rid of other people's ideals, and and again, it does go back again to that how do you how do you do it? And we're going to talk a lot about today about some some advice that Alana has for you. If you have a student kind of going into this, I think I'm going to do a gap year, um, and I, like you said, there's no rights and wrongs, but but there's probably lots of lessons learned <laughs> that we. We definitely want to be able to give you some advice and walk you through and, um, and help out with that. So, um, so yeah, but, but so what, if we were to have a definition of a gap year, what would it be and, and how can that differ from person to person? So let's, let's think general definition first, and then, um, maybe some examples of of what that would look like for different types of people. Mm -hmm. Or, or ones that you've seen in the Yeah, past so
0: maybe, I think so. that the, yeah, so like gap year for me is a term, it's not quite as like I'm in the States at the moment, I grew up in Australia, mm-hmm. but gap year isn't as common, I've found in uh, say America as what it is in places like the United Kingdom, Australia mm-hmm. and New Zealand, mm-hmm. where it's almost a, a rite of passage to take a gap year and say, for example, go overseas for 12 months. Not that everyone does it that way. But I think really a gap year is, in the traditional sense, a period of time, generally 12 months, that's taken between schooling, like a high school, and then going to to further education, say, for example, university. That's kind of where, like, I think most people would understand what gap year means. But I think mm. we should really kind of broaden that definition to be essentially just a 12-month gap between one phase of your life and the next phase of your life where you can go and explore, Great. you can go and experiment, and you can do something different. And the way I like to explain it, especially for a gap year, say that you do go and do after schooling, is it's like a um, a peanut butter sandwich. So if you think about um, I love that. Your, school- <laughs> your schooling as being one piece of bread, And Mm -hmm. whatever you do in your career, the rest of your life being another piece of bread, you don't really have much of a sandwich if you put the two pieces of bread together. But if you put some peanut butter in the middle, you have this, and the peanut butter being the gap year, you have this really incredible glue between those two phases. Mm -hmm. And if you think about coming out of schooling and even from like a home schooling perspective where you are in a certain routine, you have different habits, it can look incredibly different what you do in that next phase of your life. And I think this is where a gap year just helps to smooth that transition out. And as an example, like I'm 30 at the moment and I'm now technically on like an adult gap year. And so the reason why I'm taking that gap year now is because my partner and I had been living in New Zealand for nearly five years and so we went. Mm, we're not sure if we want to be in New Zealand any longer, but we didn't know where that next place was. So it was kind of like New Zealand was one phase. We didn't know exactly what that next phase was going to be. So we're like, well, why don't we take a gap year where we do go on travel, we go and have some fun, we explore the world, and we can decide through that process of going on that next one. Right. So I think from a like a young person's perspective, say that is seventeen or eighteen, often that gap year might look like taking that twelve month period off before university or before an apprenticeship. Or it could be after university before entering the workforce and be it traveling the world, going off backpacking. It could be working and saving money to go to university. It could be volunteering. Right. It could be so many different things. Absolutely. And I think that is where sometimes people get a bit uh, maybe overwhelmed by the idea of a gap year because mm. it's like, well, how do I do it correctly? for
2: Yes, me? yes. I think that's kind of the way we think. <laughs> mm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: But, but yeah, from what you're describing, it, it should take us out of that thinking process and, and allow um, that exploration to happen mm. and, and, yeah, those connections to be made and, and all of that yeah. that good stuff that we often dismiss as learning, but really, truly is at the core the best learning because it's experiential and that's yeah, and the things that tie thing, things together. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation.
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home.
0: For sure, and it's it's with... uh... I don't know I've, I've noticed going through my 20s, there kind of is this like increasing social pressure. And even though it may not be someone directly saying to you, uh, what are you doing with your life? Right.
1: There's like an internalized
0: pressure, I think, that you have from Absolutely. seeing what everyone else around you is doing. So right. it's a, or that person bought a house, or that person went and got this job or this promotion. And I think this is where a gap year is this um, amazing time where, No one expects you at 18 to know what you're doing with your life. It's kind of like one of those really beautiful grace period where you could be doing anything and it totally flies. Mm -hmm. And that's where I just, (laughs) I love that time period for taking a gap year because there's basically no risk but infinite reward on the table.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes you see students go into college and, you know, two years in, two years into debt. And it's like, why am I doing this and do I really want this career or is this even the path I'm supposed to take and, and how much, you know, (laughs) more economical (laughs) and probably wise to have taken that, that one year, it's one year um, and it's not going to ruin your life. (laughs) It's actually going to make it better. Just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so those are some advantages of those gap years. Um, Are there any specific students that you wouldn't recommend taking a gap year or that you would recommend more so taking a gap year? (laughs)
0: One of my, one of my favorite things is through uh, the process of writing the book, I did interview quite a lot of young people and, I would ask about gap years and I'd say, you know, did you take one? And then they'd say no and I'd say, how come you didn't take one? And they'll like inevitably say something along the lines of I was worried I wouldn't go to university if I didn't take a gap if I did take a gap year. Oh, okay. And it's controversial but I actually don't think that's, I think that that's kind of false because I think mm-hmm. that if you weren't meant to go to university, what's the point in going to university? That if you – are worried yeah. that your work yeah. that that was going to stop you from going then maybe university wasn't right for you in the in the first place anyway mm-hmm. and the only really good reason that i've had someone come up with i think for not taking a gap year was a scholarship and sometimes there are oh, scholarships attached to me yes. university placements yeah. mm-hmm. that most of them you could probably defer, but if, I mean, if that mm-hmm. was going to be the case where you had a free ride through a university, like a, a post um, schooling qualification, then of course that would make sense for you to go and do that. But I think it does also depend on the type of person. And the more important probably question is, what type of gap year do you want to take as opposed oh, to do you want yes. to take a gap year? Mm-hmm. Because there's a way of doing it depending on who you are as to what you can get out of it. And to me, it's just one of those things that it's, it helps you to really understand what you value and mm-hmm. it will inform every decision in your career from there on. So to be honest with you, most people will benefit from taking a gap year. The question just becomes how do you want to take that gap year and what's going to best serve you for you, your life, and your career.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have a personal story of my daughter this last year. She she was pretty certain when she graduated from high school last year that she wanted to be a tattoo artist. And so we were pursuing that. She was creating her portfolio. And in the process of, of working during her gap year, she realized that physical work and her di- she was diagnosed with something over this year, they didn't jive. That was it was not a career that she could physically do, and so it really made her go back and say, "What can I do physically? What are my gifts, and what track do I want to take and it has actually moved her towards college <laughs> and mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with my my oldest son, who um went to welding school, wanted to be a welder, and came back and said, oh, I think my brain needs to work more than my body." <laughs> So, you know, they just learn these things and um, and better for them to know that from their own experience than as a parent, me saying, well, you know, (laughs) this is a wiser um, choice. This is what you're better at. Um, And they wouldn't be as invested in it if Mm. we came in from that. There's a really
0: interesting thought I've been playing with, and it kind of like talks about a bit about what you're talking about there with your own children, that. I think we have this very um, probably outdated view of career progression and how, what you know, what is career success. And it's kind of this say idea of you get into a certain line of work, you work your way up or you start to make more money, you get the promotions or whatever it is. And that's kind of seen as career progression. So, okay, you have, say, graduated from university, you've then gone into a company, you've started as a graduate, and then three years later, you're a junior associate or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But this is what I think happens. If you're making that traditional career progression at a career that you think is a really great fit for you originally and you're like, you know, this will get me everything that I want, it's a respectable job, people think I'd be good at it, what can often happen is you get to say you're mid-20s and you've been doing it for a little while and you realise, is this all there is? Right. And what absolutely. can happen is you go, well, now I kind of feel like I haven't made any progress that I now have to start back at square one, which you never do in your right. career. You're always making no. progress. You always take everything with you. But I think what can happen is a young person, I've seen it so many people come into their mid-20s and they go, what do I do now? I'm so lost. But where I think that career progression really comes from and career success, it comes from being in total alignment with what you know that you want from your life, what you want to experience, how you want to feel on a daily basis, and then aligning your career to that. And for one person, that's going to look very different to the next person. But it's really only when you get clearer on what you want, mainly from your life, that you can then kind of reverse engineer your career to get you that. Whereas I think what kind of happens when we come out of, uh, when we are sort of 18 is we end up engineering our life based on our career as opposed to going out there and experiencing life and going, well, how can I now build that career into that life so that I can make the money that I need to be able to fund whatever it is that I want to go and do. Because otherwise, yeah. once again, you get to that mid-20s and you're like, well, I'm not doing the things I actually wanted to do. I don't have the time. I'm, I feel like a 40-year-old man in the middle of his career, you know?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you don't like where you are. I and mean, that's why you see so many people drop out of what they went to school for. At about that age that you're talking about, because it's not satisfying. It wasn't what you were promised. I mean, you're promised like you get this career and your life will be good, and then it's not. And um, and we don't want to lead our kids down that that path, or to to lead to kind of feed them that lie. Truthfully, um, that that this is the end all be all. It's gonna it's gonna provide everything that you need. Um, but I, I love what you said about the provision and loving to do what you do. I mean, that really, in essence, that's what we need. We, we need to be able to provide mm-hmm. for ourselves, you know, and, and, and make an income so we, we, you know, can, can pay for our own needs and the needs of anybody dependent on us. Um, but, but at the end of the day, do you find joy in what you do? Um, and that's what feeds you, you know, mm-hmm. our feeds our soul um, is, is about, you know, I this is this is what feeds me back because um, we can mm-hmm. give and give and give and it'll just work us to the grave and, and then our, our life will only be about what you know everybody told us it was supposed to be about and and that's a sad yeah. end that's, that's-
0: <laughs> yeah that's like the idea of even, um, like the idea behind the name of Unserious Careers, just for a bit of background to that in case mm-hmm. someone's wondering, like, what do you mean by Unserious Careers? <laughs> is for me an Unserious Career is a career where you actually prioritise your your daily lived experience of work. And I think we kind of get into this mentality as young people because we're trying to get ahead, we feel like we need to make a name for ourselves, is we keep going for the this will be better in a couple of years' time, like this will pay off in a few years' time, then I can start enjoying my life. But I think we really need to start thinking about, am I enjoying this right now? Because the chances are, if I'm not enjoying it now, I'm probably not going to enjoy it in two years' time with that next promotion or that next whatever it may be, that next pay rise. And when you can start prioritising that enjoyment, I just think you can—you are much more likely to continue making better decisions that keep mm-hmm. building on the previous decision because that's all our career is, right, It's just a series of yeah. decisions we've made of take this job, don't take this job, take that promotion, don't take that promotion, Absolutely. move to a different city, don't move to a different city. Mm-hmm. But when you are enjoying what you're doing, You're more likely, I believe, to attract opportunities that you're like, yes, this is what I want to do next, as opposed to kind of being in a, I'm not really enjoying this. I'm going to look for anything to get out of this. (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So in in that same context, you know, of, of looking at op- options and opportunities, what would a student do when they're looking at, OK, I've got a gap year ahead of me. What do I take advantage of? What do I do? Um, And how mm-hmm. would you recommend that that they approach that decision making process on what to choose mm-hmm. and how to go about that?
0: Yeah, so it really depends on. <sighs> A, your experience of schooling up until that point. So there's some people that are totally exhausted by the yes. time that they have got to the end of their schooling and they don't want to go and do, say, more study or anything like that. Like they, they need a total, like, brain just reset. So I think <laughs> yeah. that if you're someone that's in that kind of camp, I think a gap year can't be overly stimulating because you really do just need to give your body a chance to, you know, chill out maybe work in a job that's going to require too much uh, Mm -hmm. brain capacity. But I think there are are many factors at play. And I'll give an example of where where this is quite important. Let's say, for example, you have an idea that you do want to go to university and that you want to go and study and get some sort of a qualification at that Mm. level. And you know, you've done the research and you know it's going to cost you X number of dollars, be that in living costs because you're moving away from home or through your Mm -hmm. tuition or whatever it may be. I hate to say it, but the money side has to come into it. So are your parents going to support you at university? Are you going to have that are they going to be able to help you out with rent or help you out with your tuition whatever it may be because if mm. you're not receiving any financial assistance from your parents through that next phase that next early phase of your life a gap you then needs to be a bit more strategic and it can be right. okay well how can I save up money during that time so that when I go to say university or I'm, I move away from home I'm not going to be really stressed because I can't mm. even pay my bills yeah so I think there's like a couple of kind of like key considerations there that you can't just give one piece of advice of go travel for 12 months oh, yeah, because people great. are in very different financial situations, of course. Exactly. But I mean, I always like to think of it, think of it as what is something that you're really interested in that has really nothing to do with school. It has nothing to mm-hmm. do with your career and can you build that into a gap year or create a gap year out of that? So an example for me with my gap year was I wanted to learn how to speak Italian uh, Italian fluently. I oh, wanted the experience wow. of learning another language through living in, a, in another country. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, well, how could I then go and spend an extended period of time in Italy? Okay, well, it's going to cost me a fair bit of money if I'm doing that and not working. So can I get a working holiday visa? Yes, I can right, what would I be able to organise before I go so that I know I have a job when I get there? And that's kind of when the nannying piece came into it of, well, all of my costs will be taken care of. I won't have accommodation costs. I won't have food costs. It'll just be I get like an allowance each week. Mm -hmm. And I think when you can kind of have something that you can pull on and that could be something as simple as I love, I've always wanted to learn how to surf or I've always wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to dedicate time to reading a book a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. It could be anything big or small. I think there has to be some degree of enjoyment in a gap year. And as I said, you don't have to do the same, you know, you don't have to do the same thing for the whole 12 months. It could be that you start off working for six months at the job that you had part-time during school, but that you then go full-time and then spending three months overseas and then spending three months doing something else. I think you've got to start somewhere, and I think Mm. one. consider the financial ramifications of what you want to do in that next phase, but then also Absolutely. what's something that you enjoy and that you can pull that thread to see what you might be able to do with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Cause everybody is so different and I never even thought about just that burnt out phase and, mm. and yes, and you, you really have to, to lean into that and, and know that it's okay to, to, and, and you do, you need that recovery time I and mean, mental health is such a big issue. And we, oh. We don't, you know, the schooling system creates a lot of those issues because of the pressure that we put on these kids. And I'm sorry to say, but homeschoolers, parents do it the same thing. You know, I always hear from mm. parents, how do I catch my child up? You know, how do, how do I get their, their grades better? You know, and, and it's, and it's like, we're putting pressure just by saying those things. And we don't realize that we're doing it. And, and we wonder why our kids are so stressed out. And then we're asking them, so what are you doing next year? You know, <laughs> mm. and it's all this, these things that, it, I, You know, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing for my life. <laughs> so it why am I end. asking my kids? <laughs> you know, that's,
0: I think that's a really interesting point you bring up. And thank you for bringing that up around mental health because there's so many options now. There are so many choices and I think with that comes its own level of stress. It's not just go become a teacher or a nurse or a doctor or an engineer or whatever it is. There are so many specialties. There are so many things. There are so many ways that you can create a career or create a life. And let's be honest, the mental health uh, rates are higher than they've ever been, especially in young people. So we're not doing something right. Something's not going right. So we kind of have to go, well, how can we do this differently? And that's where I, I do love the... I guess, the ethos behind homeschooling. But from what I have heard, there are still a lot of the same issues as a, and it's almost mm-hmm. like a, um, I don't know if you use this phrase in America, but there's a bit of a chip on your shoulder. So oh, it's yeah. almost like you've got, uh-huh. you've got something to prove because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm doing it differently. So now right. I need to prove that either that my child can be just as good, if not better, because they've been homeschooled. And I think mm-hmm. what's, what's the kind of, uh, what's the purpose of it all? Like, right. what is the purpose of school? Yeah. What is the purpose of a career? And I think that's where it's really on a young person to go and decide that for themselves that a parent can't decide that for their child.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Because, mm. yeah, it, the influence only goes to our our doors, you know, and, you know, I, I've seen my kids that have picked up those ideals and, and run with them because they, they really felt like the ideals that we raised them with were... The basis of what they thought was the core of, of their, of what they agreed with as far as their belief mm. systems. And it wasn't something that I hammered into them. <laughs> mm. And that's what you really want. You want them to flesh it out. You want them to say, I do this because I want to do it. Um, mm. And because I'm, I just find that this is, you know, this is an alignment with how I've seen truth, you know, in my own life and things work out and, and, um, and, and, yeah, there's there we all do it different and I think you're, like you said it's it's how we we try to portray this as a successful thing. Thankfully, homeschooling has taken a huge turn since COVID <laughs> and everybody mm-hmm. realized just, you know, how much better um a lot of it has worked for our kids just because they can go at their own pace. But but unfortunately, mm-hmm. we do we do think of those averages and those those other paces and that makes it it more difficult again. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> um, Yeah. So, you know, going into a gap year also, um, as far as setting boundaries, you know, Mm -hmm. what, um, whether it's a parent setting boundaries saying, you know, (laughs) you're allowed in my house, this, these are the rules that you have to play by now that you've graduated, or um, even for a student to set boundaries for their own self. Um, what what are some recommendations that you have as far as um, just ways to to make the gap year the most successful by providing those preset limitations or um, I guess uh, just definitive maybe a timeline or, or anything else that that you've seen be be helpful in that process?
0: Yeah, so I think the this is a gap year is amazing because it does put a timeline on it. And I think that's actually really important as opposed to it being, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to go and try a bunch of stuff, which still has its own benefits, don't get me wrong. But I think from a – for the individual, but also for the family unit as well. Mm-hmm. It helps to know that there is a timeline line on, on it. And even if that means that you get to the end of that gap year and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take another one because I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm enjoying myself. I want to try something different. And then it just rolls into a, a career anyway. And that becomes a right. life. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what's brilliant about it, is you put that timeline on it and you go, I'm going to take 12 months to fill in the blank, whatever it is. But yeah. where it really starts, I think is a conversation. And, When I think back now, I went to university, but when I think back now, I do not really recall having a proper conversation with my parents about the financial investment of university and what they would be able to support me with versus not and what their expectations were. And I have found this to be the case with people that I've spoken to that are both in their teenage years and beyond that it's actually not even clear that communication between parent and child about what a parent Mm. is willing and able to provide and what a child expects maybe as well. And, the communication I think is key because at the end of the day, right. just because you've turned 18 doesn't mean you're a fully fledged adult and you're totally independent and you don't need your parents. Let's be honest. Like it yes. takes a lot yep. longer that kind of, once again, transition that separation. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where it does start just with that conversation to begin with. And I think there are a lot of parents out there yourself, you would be one of these people that you're 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 an advocate for a gap year, but there are a lot of parents that still have hesitations around gap years, believing, once again, kind of that idea of like my child won't then go and do whatever it was, go to university, start an apprenticeship. But that's kind of a bit of an outdated view on it based on probably their experiences when they were going through right. the schooling system yes. or they've heard that mm-hmm. story of, well, my child took a gap year and then they never went and now they're, whatever they're doing. Right. So I think if you can start with an open, honest conversation between parent and child, and that can be instigated by the parent that could be instigated by the child of just this is what I'm thinking about doing. I You don't have to justify it as a young person. You don't have to justify why you want to do it because at the end of the day, you can make your own decisions. But in my experience, your life will be a lot smoother and a lot easier if you can have the support of your parents. That doesn't have to mean financially, but if you can have the uh, like the emotional and just the life support from your parents right. so that when maybe you are having a tough time in that gap year or you need to problem solve something or you're not really sure you have people already in your court that can then come and help you with that and give you some advice or whatever it is and not people that are going to say I told you so this is why you shouldn't have done this right So I think that kind of conversation is really important and it really, I think, helps even in the transition between that mm-hmm. parent-child dynamic and that kind of almost like equals, like you're now equals, like you've got a child. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my parents are always going to have a certain dynamic, of course, because they are my parents. Right. But I really believe it was through that kind of gained my own independence on taking a gap year that we could have better conversations as parents and, and child as well.
2: Yes, that is, it's so true. and And yes, and we we found that having that definite timeline as parents gave us that relief that they're not just going to be hanging around the house. And, <laughs> you know, and there's there's some things that Um, for my middle child, especially who tends to be more free floating. Um, that, that was, I think the biggest concern with me and my husband, um, was what are you going to do with this year? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and so he kind of gave us some ideas of what he wanted to explore. And so we, you know, we, we kind of, we had that conversation back and forth of, you know, this isn't just a year to hang around the house, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? And so he actually taught himself how to play two different guitars and he did some volunteer work and he actually went to Russia with me. I spoke at a homeschool conference there and so he was doing some volunteer work for our organization and um so yeah got got to had to see the world and um and and dive into music which um is his passion and Mm. and then when the year came up we said okay you know this uh, month is coming you know it's now time to start looking for a job or if you haven't already (laughs) get on it right now (laughs) (laughs) because that's when this is when it ends (laughs) and um and yeah, so so if you're a parent listening to this and saying, "Ha, ah, I don't know. I've got this child that <laughs> is mm-hmm. just kind of a free floater." Just just know that if you you set those boundaries, you know, if you feel like you have to have it in writing, put it in writing. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know if that would be helpful, but um but yeah, uh, it depends on your relationship with your child. But but those have been it, for us it has it has helped all of our kids and you know, I thought they had pretty good high school careers too and mm-hmm. had learned a lot but there was something above and beyond that um of going in into that time yeah so.
0: i think there's i like i'm a really big uh, advocate for and it's actually one of the actions that i talk about in my book which is just live somewhere else in those first five years after yes. school yes and it goes naturally that a gap year is a perfect time to do that. And when I say live somewhere else, I don't mean that you have to uproot your entire life and move across the country and move to a different country. It just more means to go and experience what it's like to be in a different environment. That isn't the one that you grew up in that isn't necessarily under your parents, uh, parents' roof. So that can happen in your gap year, but it doesn't have to happen in your gap year. And I think when you do that, you open yourself up to a completely different perspective because mm-hmm. I grew up, say, for example, on a farm and yeah. it was probably an hour walk to the closest town. I would catch school buses to get to school, all that sort of stuff. My life was very different to someone that was raised in, in the city. Right, But yeah. through me then visiting and living in the city, I got a whole new perspective of like, oh, not everyone is a farmer, not everyone is <laughs> like, something right. you know what I mean? There yeah. was a lot of a lot of construction, a lot of trades, a lot more manual labour where I grew up and very, very little office-related. There were, were of course, offices, but not compared to the city where you have a massive corporate um, contingency and following all the rest of it. And so... I think from a gap year perspective, it's also a really neat time that if you're unsure what to do of how could I live somewhere else? Do I have a cousin that lives in a different state to me or in a different environment? Could I go and spend a month with them or something like that? Cause I think when you really? expose yourself to those different, different environments, it's really good for resiliency Absolutely, resiliency is something that is going to keep paying off in a in a person's career because you're not always going to get everything that you want in your career, and that if you build up that kind of grit and resiliency, you start to take almost ownership back of your career and understand that yes, while this person may be giving me a job, I can also choose to leave this job and go somewhere else.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and I in addition to resiliency, I think it also gives us compassion and understanding of other people because mm-hmm. we always, when, you know, we're raised, we, we tend to come from that perspective of, well, everybody thinks the way I do everybody, you know, we just don't even understand Like you said, at, you know, at the beginning, we just don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that even just through traveling abroad is when you get immersed into these other cultures, you're like, Oh, they do this different, you know, like you go to, to, Italy, like we were talking about before the broadcast, um, lunch is an hour two hour process. It is not a fifteen minute you know fast food type it's an of event thing. and it 's an event, yes, and it 's in the middle of the day <laughs> yeah. um, but but we don't we have to experience those things to really understand mm. them, and so mm. this is a you know a lot of what we 're talking about is is that that getting out of that box of, of, you know, and even though you think maybe as a parent, you've provided a good box for your child, right. <laughs> um, that, that's good. It's, it's a starting place, but they're going to have to live in the world, not just your mm. box. And so these experiences are so essentially important to, to making them impactful for their life and their career. And so I wanted to kind of um, just delve into a final question about these experiences lending into preparation for like transitioning to adulthood. You know, Mm -hmm. there's there's just so many things. And I think we we often just think of careers. But but what about life transitions? You know, and what what about this gap year experience can really change that whole dynamic?
0: I'll give you a very specific example from my gap year. Um, just, yeah. So I always loved when I was growing up, I loved looking after like younger cousins and I loved being around younger children. And it was probably part of the reason why I was like, you know what? I could go and be an au pair, like a nanny, a live in nanny with a family in Italy. And mm-hmm. so I spent nine months with this family. There was a, I think it was six and a six year old and an eight year old, two boys. Mm-hmm. And so I had like I had studied Italian at school so I did have a base understanding of Italian but it was a very like baptism by fire very quickly. Yeah. So <laughs> part of my part of my role was to help teach the kids English. And it was a phenomenal experience for a lot of reasons but I wouldn't have said that was a really happy time of my life like, while I was nannying because it was very lonely a lot of the time. Yeah. But not to mention I was looking after children and I learned very quickly that it's fun to look after a child for two hours and play around. <laughs> but it's yes. a very different thing in the summer holidays, for example, for three months to be spending 10 hours every day with these children, but right. also the fact that there was a slight language barrier and I didn't have the same authority, I guess, for discipline. So I couldn't discipline the children um, in the same way that maybe a parent could because it wasn't right. like yeah. even just from a sending them to their room or something like that. Mm. And in terms of life, I probably had that idea of I'd have kids by my mid-20s, settle down, do all that sort of thing. But honestly, going and being a nanny with the young kids, <laughs> I was like, I don't need kids for a very, very long time. (laughs) And I know it sounds very silly, but I look back now and realise how valuable of a lesson that was to learn then, that, hey, Mm. I have time and I am actually in no way, shape or form ready to have children in the next, even call it five years, back when Mm. I was 18. And it just, once again, it kind of helped to separate out that idea of, you know, my parents were married at twenty twenty one, they had kids by their mid-20s, you know, the kind of more traditional uh, way of doing things. And I think it just went, oh, actually, I don't need to do that. I can go and live my life. And when I'm ready to have kids and look at doing that, then I can do that. But there is actually no way I want to do that right now. (laughs) So I think that that's a, a really important piece. And even, and so at the moment on this adult gap year that I'm on, so we've been, We've kind of been away for about six months from New Zealand, but we spent some time back with family in Australia, and we were in Japan and South Korea for two months snowboarding and doing some other little things there,
2: cool. basically
0: eat, eating. The food was fun. yeah.
2: <laughs> you do a lot of that when you're abroad, don't you?
0: <laughs> That's pretty much all we did, but – One thing that I'm one of, we set out with this gap year, and this is probably just another important piece to say, is that we set out very intentionally on this gap year. And I think that that's the difference between taking a gap year as opposed to just not really knowing what you're doing and trying the first thing when you leave school, because a gap year is very intentional. And when we set out on this to do this gap year, I'm doing it with a partner, so there was kind of another, like a different dynamic there. We had really two intentions, and one of them was to have fun, which I know sounds very like cliche, but you know this is what I live by. It's unserious serious careers. It's like if I can't have fun, then what am I really right. doing? <laughs> so one of it was to have fun because we don't have kids, and that is potential what that next phase is going to look like. So we don't have right. kids. Let's go and have some fun, and. We had to kind of specify that, that, no, that is one of the reasons why we're doing this. So, like, when mm-hmm. we're feeling like, uh, what are we doing? I have no idea what like what was the purpose behind all this. We can come back to that and go, you know, we actually did set out to have fun, so are we having fun? Right. Yes, yes, that's great.
2: Mm-hmm. But the
0: second intention is was to work out where we want to be located in the next oh. phase of our life. Uh-huh. And that could be for two years, that could be for longer. Is that mm-hmm. going back to Australia? Is that moving to another country? Is it going back to right. New Zealand? But we had that very clear intention before we set out. So as much as this year will be useful from a career perspective, we've actually kind of geared it to be more towards our life more than anything. And having even just spent those two months, I think, in Japan, South Korea, the amount of uh, insight and clarity that we got to our for our lives and what we want to do next was just insane. And I think sometimes it takes um, stopping doing what you're currently doing To then open your mind up to what else is doing it, as opposed to going, well, I know I don't want this, so now how can I work out what that next thing is I can jump to? It's, well, how can I take that transition time to then Mm -hmm. open my mind up to what that next phase may be? So, yeah, I think gap year is arguably more beneficial for your life than it is for your career.
2: Right, it's it's like the sabbatical for for the normal person. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure, you know, it, and we all need that. We all need that that time to just not be rushed. I, I mm-hmm. love that you said that. Is we we feel like you know when we end something else, we have to be starting something new, and it's just expected out of us that that you do that, but. A lot of times we just aren't ready and our kids Mm. aren't ready for that, that, that movement into something new right away. And Mm. that ability to try things out, you're not going to fail because you're just trying and you're just experiencing. And, um, and that's, that's a beautiful place, beautiful place to be (laughs) and, and to have backing from other people in your life, like your parents that say, this is a good thing for you.
0: Yeah, and there's like I don't know if this has been your experience with the parents that you work with, but I think I, I even think about the idea of, say, mindfulness and meditation, and that's very big at the moment, especially with mental health and trying to help people with that sort of stuff post-pandemic all the rest of it. But I think there's also something for, to be said for you need to go through some of the hard times yourself. You can't mm-hmm. be told about the hard times and what you need to do to avoid them by someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think... Even I know it as kind of a 30-year-old now, and it's like, you know, someone might ask me, what do you wish you knew when you were 18? And I'm like, well, there were a whole bunch of things I could have known that could have avoided a a bunch of (laughs) (laughs)
1: wasted
0: money, wasted time. But I think when you try and put those ideas onto a person at 18, you're actually expecting too much from them. And it's I think true. this can kind of happen with that kind of pressure, maybe more of that helicopter parenting. It's like this drive to, mm-hmm. but I want, I don't want my child to have to go for the hardship I did, or I don't want my child to have to experience what I did. But if I just had of known this 10 years earlier, imagine how much further ahead I would be. But it's kind mm-hmm. of like, I think you've got to go like, you've got to relax. Like as an 18 year old, you have your whole life ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And you can't expect an 18 year old to absorb every bit of, information that a parent provides or school provides around how they can build a really great life or how they can avoid the mistakes they did. I think you've got to start somewhere and you've got to try something as opposed to just trying to have all the right answers and not make a wrong move.
1: Um, I think it's
0: more through the getting the, okay, this is not what I want because I don't like this job or I haven't enjoyed this as much as I thought I did. That is more valuable often than trying to work out what you do want from the Um, get-go. So, like, yeah, we've got to kind of chill out a little bit and let a young person actually go through the same steps that a lot of us have gone through that mm-hmm. develop that grit and resiliency and that compassion.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, it, that ties so well into the conversation we had last week. I was talking to um, a woman who was talking about college admission essays, and mm-hmm. she was saying it's storytelling, but mm-hmm. that our students had to have a story to tell. And it was a story of what they overcame. And lots of times we do, we coddle and we we program the lives of our children so much that they don't overcome anything. And, mm. and so here's this opportunity for this year that you could be giving your child a lot of ammunition <laughs> for that, yeah. that college admission story of of what they learned about themselves, what they were able to overcome. um, And, and it isn't just, you know, it's, it's something really life changing that, that this gap year can be about.
0: It's, um, I like to call it like voluntary hardship of those. Okay. How do I explain this? Sorry. There's, you hear a lot of stories, say, for example, of people that have overcome their hardships or they've had trauma in their childhood. They've had these experiences and now they've got these incredible stories where they've kind of come on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a majority of people that don't have that big, like it might be the death of a loved one or it might be an accident or an illness or something like that that's happened in their childhood. A lot of people won't have an experience like that. They haven't gone through that. And I think mm-hmm. this is where you can kind of go you can admit that it's like I've had it relatively easy. I mean, we all have our issues at high school, don't get me wrong, and there's bullying Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. But I think uh, for a lot of people, and especially if you are in a position, say, where you you can go to university, you do have the resources, the support around you to be able to do that, there can sometimes be almost this feeling of like, but I don't have that story. I don't have anything. Like I've had it pretty good. But this yeah. is where I think voluntary hardship is a really beautiful thing where you can mm. kind of volunteer to go and do something a little bit more difficult. And a really yeah. basic example I'm thinking of is even my partner and I like to do it just with like minor things. It's nothing too major. But even we would have to share one car between us of like, yeah, it's not an extreme hardship, but what can that yeah. teach us about organisation? Hmm. about needing to be more prepared, about sometimes I'm not going to have that car available, so what am I going to do now? And it's such a really simple example. But even um, I think about my gap year and when I first – I left about two weeks after I'd graduated high school and I had my backpack on, thought I knew everything. And (laughs) my first stop was I was flying into Los Angeles and I was going to spend a few nights there before moving on again. And I I thought I was so good. I booked my hostel. I knew exactly where I was staying. And then it's about a 16-hour flight from Melbourne Mm. to Los Angeles. And so it was like I hadn't slept in so long. I arrived in Los Angeles Airport at like 7 a.m. in the morning and I was like, right, let's get to the hostel. And then I realised I had no idea how to get from the airport to the hostel. I had not even considered – Wow. for directions before I left the show. And keeping in mind, this is 12 years ago, so Google Maps wasn't really a thing.
2: Right, yeah.
0: Google didn't exist. And so I had to, like, log on to a computer terminal at the airport in Los Angeles, find wow. the directions, which bus I had to take. And I got on the bus and I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, my God, a problem solved. I got on the bus. And then I got on the bus and realized I had no idea what stop to get off. I had no no idea.
2: You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, exactly. It
0: was a happy ending and I spoke to a lovely local man and he helped me. But it was one of those things of like, yes, it's not like a hardship as such. I appreciate Mm -hmm. the position that I'm in to be able to go and do this travel. But it was a challenge. Yeah, and doing that alone taught me so much about myself. And it was like, right, Alana, you've got to get smart quickly because guess what, (laughs) it's all on you. You don't have your mum to be able to say, Mum, what's the weather going to be like today? What do I want to wear to school? Like, it's you've actually got to start thinking for yourself.
2: Absolutely, yes. Those those life lessons, and yeah, you do. You think you got it all together? My daughter took a trip, and we're on a very restricted diet, and she realized she couldn't almost eat all weekend because she didn't bring any food with her. And I always bring all the food. I always pack all of her food, and she's like, "Oh, I got to pack my own food." <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yep. You know, sometimes pain is the best teacher, and, yeah, and you sure. learn those lessons quickly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the beautiful oh. thing about it is that you can kind of create these environments where you are going to have these challenges.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, can you um, tell us, our viewers, um, how to connect with you? I'm going to pull up your your website to share on here, on Um What yeah, what good. can they find on on your website?
0: Yeah, so if you go to the website, you so I have an, uh, the book is in ebook format, so you can jump on there and if you're interested to purchase a book, it's very much filled with a lot of stories. It's funny you say about storytelling, so I think that mm-hmm. that's the best way that I can kind of tell a story, tell, sorry, to get a point across is through sort of story. So it's really a lot of stories from my career and some people, a lot of people that I know, and as I said, it's all around how in the first five years you can get a little bit less serious and more adventurous with your career. So it's, it's written for a young person that is in that transition phase but to be honest i think a parent would get a lot out of it too and then be able to kind Mm -hmm. of lead those discussions a little bit differently with their child um otherwise you can also follow me on instagram and tiktok so they're just both Mm -hmm. at unserious careers um and you can also uh you can message me on instagram or else shoot me an email as well to hey at unseriouscareers.com but i really love connecting with people and if you have any questions or anything like that please do let me know
2: Awesome. Yes, and all of those links will be in the description of the the podcast as well as the the YouTube um, video, so that you don't have to memorize all of that. Um, and so you can just click on on those links and and you can you can head there. Well, thank you, Alana. This this has been an incredible conversation. I'm so glad that we talked about gap years. Like you said, I'm I'm probably one of one of those few parents that um, that are totally on board with this. <laughs> I, I kind to tend to be a trendsetter. Um, so so I'm I'm just excited that, that we're we're introducing more homeschool parents to this. And I know there's been a move. Homeschoolers tend to be in general a little more on the edge of the of educational choices. But um, but I, I think a lot of times we have that pressure that especially for those students that are doing well and we don't mm-hmm. see the advantage. That this gap year can offer. So, thank you for for talking, speaking into that, and and sharing that experience, and for continuing to do what you do um, on your your website and your podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So, um, make sure that you check out um, Alana's. Uh, Resources, especially if you're kind of going back and forth is a gap year, something good for your students. I know we're, we're talking about high school transitions. And so lots, lots of choices to be made and high school, school, um, with a student can be, um, sometimes a, a little bit, uh, anxiety producing <laughs> and and a lot of parents are always looking for resources so I know in in the future of this video we'll, we'll get a, a lot of views as well as the podcast get a lot of listens because um, it, it tends to be one of those that parents are like just clamoring for resources how do, how do we do this and make it make it make it good because that that transition we, we want to, to help our students but but I hopefully after listening to Alani you realized it's not all up to you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Um, but, but yeah, just to recap, I think, um, one of the biggest takeaways was that discussion with your student and that relationship. Um, and, and also realizing that there's, there's advantages far beyond just the experiences. Um, I love that ending discussion on hardships that, that was powerful. Um, Amazing. Thank you. Yes. Well, well, thank you. And um thank you all for joining us on um this broadcast. I've been kind of quiet today, but that's okay. Um I know sometimes we have conversations that bring up a lot more chat, and sometimes you just sit back and listen. So um, but thank you for all for joining us um live and for watching on the recorded broadcast. Um next the next broadcast, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the our high school discussions actually, and we're gonna talk about financial college planning strategies. So um I know we we talked a little bit about that, those finances and um and Alana, you we spoke some some really good stuff in into that about the students' responsibility too and using that gap year um for the for that as well. But we're gonna be talking to an expert that is going to um share some some planning strategies for parents as well as children, um, for, for those years ahead. So, so you want to join us for that, but, but thanks again, Alana. I appreciate you taking time, especially as, as you're on the road and, and traveling and, um, I know that's that's sometimes hard, but I, I'm glad your technology stayed together and yes, you're able thank to you. finish <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh no, it, it just happens. <laughs> that's what happens when you're live. So absolutely. Well, take care, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Um, and and we'll for the end of this this month's um, theme. So we'll, we'll see you then. Take care and God bless, everyone. Bye. take just a second to thank the team at life audio for their partnership with us on this podcast if you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network they've got shows about prayer bible study parenting and more
1: this has been empowering homeschool conversations with peggy ployer i'm don hawkins and i once heard chick-fil-a founder truett Cathy say you can tell if a person needs encouragement check to see if they're breathing